Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under 18. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to episode 157 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. I'm Matthew. And I'm Scarlett. And I'm Ryan. Uh, we definitely uh, in- encourage uh, fee- feedback and uh, ch- comments and whatnot. Uh, an easy way to do that is post a comment on our website, hovpodcast.net. You can find a, uh, can find me on Instagram at Colonel underscore Tux. That's K E R N E L underscore T U X. And you can find us on Instagram at H O V Podcast. You can find my blog at inscarletstorm.wordpress.com. And you can find me on Instagram at the Fuchsia Lady, and that's T H E F U C H I L A D Y. You can also send us an email, H O V Podcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And we are coming to you from, again, the Fresh Start Studio. Please like, share, and subscribe if you like what we do. And we're glad that you do. How's it going? Pretty good. Um, so we do um, we do like to uh, start uh, ev- every show with our uh, mo- moments of squee. Um, what do you have, uh, Scarlett? Well, I woke up this morning. I wasn't feeling very well, so I called off from work. We're getting ready to move, so I got a whole major project done today. So it was a productive day, but, uh, yeah, so that was my moment of squee because I was dreading that. Um, Basically, I was organizing um, a whole entire room to be packed and moved, and we're going to have professional movers, so I don't have to do any of the packing, but it was just nice to get everything organized awesome i can wholly vouch for having a professional set of movers and they they helped me when i moved out of my last place and it was money well spent and so absolutely worth it yeah we're um for me it's that i um i had to get rid of some stuff and I, i i don't like to throw things out i don't like to and i've decided i'm repurposing them for other people to enjoy them as much as I've enjoyed them. So that's kind of how I look at it. So that's my moment of squee. What about it's you? More like a, oh. It's more like not necessarily you're losing things or getting rid of, rid of things. It's just you're creating space for others to enjoy what you enjoy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, there's, and, that, and that brings me joy to give other people the opportunity to enjoy something I've enjoyed. So. That's great. What about you? Uh, you know, um, a lot has gone on since the last time that we gathered around the, the, the you know, the microphones here. So um, I think I would probably say that um, last week, I was going to go with something else, but last week we got a true and proper snowstorm here in the city. And it's been a long time since we've actually had a nice decent snowfall. And I was just absolutely just 
thrilled with how much snow ended up uh, coming down. I don't know how much you, you two ended up getting where you are. We got up here probably close to almost nine or ten inches of, of snow over here. Sorry, sorry for our friends to the north who use the metric system. You may have to do your own conversion, <laughs> but we ended up getting quite a bit here, and it made for some really nice and scenic views in the morning before uh, ended up having to, you know, eventually, you know, forage, forage, uh, make my foray onto the road <laughs> to uh, head to the office that day. So even though I had to go to, you know, actually go to into work that day, it was still really cool to see a real true proper snowstorm. So I'd probably say that would be my moment. See, I would have the opposite reaction because when it's cold outside, it's miserable for me. All my joints, um, my age starts to show. My body says, um, there's been a disturbance in the force. What is wrong? <laughs> so I don't like the snow, but I live in Colorado. It's a necessary evil. And we need the moisture. We did need the moisture. I will give it that. Well, actually, in, incident, in, incidentally, um, the... Uh, Turns out my my moment of squee was uh, in, involved the same kind of thing as as Matthew actually um, kind of go going uh, kind of in, in prep in prepping for for this ep episode. I was thinking like what like what what ha what happened in the last last two weeks that <laughs> kind of brought brought in that kid in a candy store fe feeling and. Uh, and I, I was struggling, struggling to find one just because I've been, I've been, you know, up, up to my eyeballs in like getting, like preparing for a move. So <laughs> it's just, the, it was like, well, maybe I just tell like, well, this was the least bad. No. <laughs> and, th and then you mentioned the, the snowstorm. And I, I remember that morning when, um, when uh, the like the snow got up, got up to like the top of my calf, and and so you know just like tr trudging through it, and I guess because of the now I I work I work like East Coast schedule, like my my uh, like eight eight thirty to four thirty, which if you you know if you do the time time maths to uh, mountain time, that's six thirty to two thirty. So yeah, um, the sun's not up yet when I when I have to when I head, have to head to the office, um, and 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 so the um, so so I'm walking from from my house over to the to the bus stop where it's pretty much you know it's like virgin snow pretty much everywhere uh, it's you know the, some people have driven driven around on the on the on the side roads but but um as far as like on the on the si sidewalks and the and and the and the lawns and park and parking lot of the of the church um it's just pretty pretty much just like a like it had just stopped snowing like five seconds earlier. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because of the, of like the kind of snow it was, but the, the way that the, that the streetlights re reflected off, off of it. I was, I was reminded of that, uh, of the, 
scene in uh, Secret of Nim, one the one the mother that goes in goes into the rose bush, and at one point she emer- emerges into like this this room that's just filled with jewels, and um, just the way that the light was refract refracting off off of it at like mul- multiple angles, and you know that I mean that's that's what that's what I saw saw in those the, on the in those snow snow fields that that morning and so yeah that that uh, i I would say that that was my moment of squee one thing i will say about snow especially a fresh snowfall like that it is very beautiful um and it's very peaceful it's like this Mm -hmm. weird as long as i don't have to get out in it we're good and that's the other thing i work from home i don't have to worry about that but you know just that yeah i think that i think that it's very beautiful i just don't want to be out in it well, well, thank. Well, so any anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this, uh, so on this this episode, it is Matthew's turn to speak. So, I originally wanted to talk about something that uh, it's no longer topical now because. Uh, it's, it's been a while uh, since this has now happened, and we'll, I'll just briefly briefly touch on this. Uh, in January, we had uh, briefly a disc- we had briefly talked about the passing of uh, of Larry King and his influence on uh, media and the. Uh, and interviewing and interview style. A lot of people have looked at, have cited him as an inspiration for them and his, and his thumbprint, if you will, is still going to be very present in generations to come that emulate uh, the medium of conversation in an online and a digital or in-person format. Uh, a, few weeks, a few weeks ago, uh, Rush Limbaugh who was a very prominent figure in talk radio also passed away. And while I'm not going to be here to debate the content of his, uh, of his message, uh, I can at least acknowledge the, uh, the changes and influence that he brought to discussion and to media in general. So, Words have a way of being very powerful, and the way that we use them can uh, be used in a positive and negative, or they can can't, they can uh, just effectively just wash each other out. Uh, and if you're, I've, I'm loath to use the word influential, but if what you do can be persuasive and can motivate and move people, then there's something to be said about the gift that you have, whether it's perceived to be something that is a societal good or an artistic good, or conversely, a societal evil, if we want to use that term, or artistic. Uh, I don't think art can really be used for evil, but... (laughs) 
negativity. There are negative messages as Mm -hmm. much as there are positive. Nazi propaganda. I don't know if I would call that art. Propaganda, absolutely. Well, some people would look at it as art. Art is a very broad. That's fair. I mean, it's 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 all subjective. mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's all subjective. So, um, in in February, uh, there was there was a shift. And I've brought this up a few times with, with sports. And we've talked about sports on this podcast uh, occasionally. And the conversation in, in Canada late, uh, a few weeks ago was not necessarily about sports, but about the, the forum of sports discussion on talk radio in Canada. And they had one of the, one of the regional companies, media companies up there, I'll be really brief about this because it's uh, it does it's not germane to you, I thought, but essentially what ended up happening was uh, Bell Media, which owns the uh, cable sports network uh, TSN, uh, they flipped three of their uh, their radio properties to away from sports talk and decided to put them onto something that was uh, less than sports talk. One was put onto a news channel and the others I believe were put onto uh, comedy channel. So when voices like that go away, especially if they've been part of the community for so long, that influence and that forum that is taken away from the community, it, it leaves people reeling. And that I won't, again, I'm loath to use the word important, but when those conversations go away where people feel they have they have a connection to uh, speak in their community whether it's something that some may see, see as trivial as sports or what others may see as so pivotal as the uh, local civics or what's happening in their political sphere uh, in their since we're dealing with Canada in their state their ward their province whatever here in the states use your own Conversion. Yeah, cities, states, <laughs> however you want. But the the loss of those stations. Well, I never really, you know, had any personal connection with them. It it it, it resonates because those areas that are local, you know, are local. Because if you don't have a local voice, you, you really kind of feel like, well, how can I? participate in these discussions and now of course the media landscape is changing with podcasts and um, instant live video from you name it if you have a cell phone signal you can you can broadcast anywhere this podcast right now is no exception to that so we've uh hi (laughs) hi do you have something to say? <laughs> For the audio listeners that are probably very confused as to what's going <laughs> on, I've just, been, I, I, I've just been I've just been been uh, been uh, joined by by by, uh, by our dog here, so um, so I, I, I apologize for that. Hey, are you gonna are you gonna be able to, are you gonna sit down? <laughs> it's okay. a Zoom call. It happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I can assure you I'm not a cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so my, my point in all my point in all of this to try to put it all back together is uh, it hurts when local voice and local discourse goes away because those words can really resonate with people and they can feel a connection. Even with what we do, we may not have a, a massive national reach or even a local city reach for that matter. matter. But we have a, uh, but we are reaching people. Hi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's reaching for me right now. <laughs> Something but, shiny? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This, this is great. We really ought to keep this. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally not cutting this. <laughs> it, 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 it's hard when, when, when um, a radio station that you listen to as a kid growing up goes away or a favorite TV personality like your favorite local weather person, your weathercaster, decides that they're calling it a career. And then somebody else becomes the face of the weather. And you're like, well, that's not how... You know, um, that's not my weather. <laughs> yeah, that's not how somebody else would. Yeah, how that my guy, my girl would do it. So, it it, it just it, there's always going to be change in the landscape of media, but uh, having that ability to have that connection is so personal and means so much so much to people that if you have a talent and you can reach people with that, don't take that for granted. It it's a gift. And it can really be used for immeasurable good. On the flip side, it can also do unspeakable harm. Mm-hmm. Words are powerful, and sorry, that, that was something that had been uh, kind of rattling around in my head. And I've written at times what it means to try and use your words and use and use your words to tell a story, share your story try to bring it up more of a personal level and i think all of us to a certain extent especially with COVID, have really struggled to make a connection whether it's in a personal way or whether it's in a way that we may feel as is emotional or meaningful because we can't visit our friends we can't visit our family the only way we can do this is right now looking at these computer screens or through phone screens or or however the or I, I, I guess unless you have pets, <laughs> then <laughs> connection can be few and far between. So don't take that connection for granted. Don't don't uh, don't forget you have a voice. And as scary as it can be to try to use it, there are people who want to hear you. There are people who want to listen to you. And there are people out there who are waiting, whether they know it or not, to hear what you have to say and find a connection. I think at this point that's kind of where I should probably wrap it up because I don't know what more I'm going to get out of uh, <laughs> my unexpected or my unexpected uh, you know sidekick to uh, to join me here. Well, on that same vein, I wanted to go. I'm I'm calling this my word rant, but you're talking about words having power, and um, there's a there's a uh, a band out of Canada. Um, the, uh, Hawk Nelson is the name of the group. They wrote a song called Words, and I just want to share some of the lyrics. Um, I'm, I've ticked my glasses off, can't see. Um, 
they've made me feel like a prisoner. They've made me feel set free. They've made me feel like a criminal, made me feel like a king. They've lifted my heart to places I've never been, and they've dragged me down back to where I began. Words can build you up. Words can break you down, start a fire in your heart, or put it out. And if you have a chance, go on YouTube, look up Hawk Nelson, and listen to that particular song. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it got my attention, I guess. Um, then there's another, Toby Mack, um, who was the forefront of the rap movement in the Christian circles. Um, played in a, it, he was with the band called DC Talk and um, way back in the day. And now he's solo and he's still, he's still kind of a rapper, but he really has done a lot of pop stuff. And uh, one of the songs he does is called um, uh, uh, Speak Life. And I just want to share a little bit of that lyric too. Um, Some days life seems perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and anything in between. Some days the tongue gets twisted. Other days my thoughts just fall apart. I do, I don't, I will, I won't. It's like I'm drowning in the deep. Well, it's crazy to imagine words from our lips as arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die, so speak life. And if you get a, a, the, what, what really spoke to me with that particular song is the video. It starts out with a kid being bullied. And um, uh, he, he's about eight, and he lays down in a chalk outline. Um, then it goes on to this woman being abused. And she lays down in the chalk outline. Uh, there's, a, there's a man who comes upon a very angry mob. Um, that's the only way to describe it. And uh, uh, pointing at him and calling him names and just yelling at him and screaming at him. And he clutches his heart and lays down in a chalk outline. And one of the guys who's in this crowd stops and realizes that words have power. And words are hurting. And words are being used as a weapon and he ends up walking away um, from this mob that he was a part of. Um, very powerful. And then this little girl comes up and she whispers in the little boy's ear and he gets up out of the chalk outline. And she goes around and she talks to everybody and they all get up and it's about speaking life and that words have power. And you can, you can speak positivity to somebody who's struggling. And I just... Um, that's just something I wanted to share, that words do have power, and um, they can be, they can hurt, or they can do irreparable damage, or they can bring amazing healing. And um, so I just wanted to kind of share that. So, so are you saying that words have the power to help you rise like a phoenix? Uh, okay. Ooh, that's that's a good segue. Okay. So the other thing, For I wanted, once. The, the, the other thing I wanted to to talk about is the Phoenix Act. Now, I have this on my handy dandy little phone. Again, I have to take my glasses off because I'm blind as a bat, and I don't have the sonar to go with it. So basically, what the Phoenix Act does is it it helps. So basically, the statute of limitation laws, it, it, it extends, extends the statute of limitations in certain cases 
for survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. So, um, so this is the problem with statute of limitations. Um, they establish window of time to prosecute an alleged perpetrator of a crime, and they vary by state. In most states, for example, California, the statute of limitation for cases of domestic violence in criminal cases is two to four years. Here in Colorado, sexual assault, seven years. Um, and then it says, as per California, uh, the current statute of limitation law, even if the state has DNA or multiple pieces of evidence that undeniably prove guilt, no case can be brought forward if it is not prosecuted within that two to four year window. So the problem with this is that survivors don't get hit with PTSD within, it, I, guess, I guess the trauma doesn't have a timeline. Um, everybody experiences trauma differently, they process it differently, and they heal at different rates. Um, in my case, it was probably five or six years after the fact before I got hit with my first panic attack and PTSD. Um, and I also was having mental health issues on top of it, uh, probably stemming a great deal because of that trauma um, that I was, um, even now, um, <laughs> my therapist kind of, she makes me do the feels and I don't like it. I don't like feeling, I, like, I don't like dealing with my emotions. And yet you swallow that stuff and you're going to you're either going to be self-destructive or you're going to explode on other people. You either implode on yourself or you explode because somewhere that, that, something's got to give. You, you can only ignore it for so long. So what this does is in certain very specific situations, it extends that statute of limitations so that um, you don't have, the women, women who don't even realize how much it's hurt them in those two to four years have that have that opportunity to heal like i said it was probably six years for me um i'm a survivor of multiple sexual assaults by multiple people um, over the course of multiple years so um because i made really bad choices uh not that i was let's back up i wasn't asking to be raped it's just um i don't ever think it's I don't even think that's possible. It's just that, you know, I I was living a lifestyle that kind of set me up for that. Um, so, and I wanted to share a couple of statistics. Again, I'm blind as a bat. I need new glasses. Um, so basically, a large number of survivors fear for their lives due to threats and coercion. Coercion. Co that word, um, from their perpetrators, which can cause a victim to wait years until they feel safe enough to come forward. This includes fears of dismissal, arrest, or losing their children by reporting their attacks to the police. Uh, numerous victims of PTSD develop symptoms within three months of the traumatic event. However, some people won't notice their symptoms until years after when many of their survivors can no longer seek justice. So, Here's the specific circumstances uh, where they can be extended. Um, the state first discovers DNA evidence sufficient to charge the perpetrator. The state first becomes aware of the existence of audio or video recording 
Photographs are written or electronic communication that provides evidence sufficient to charge the perpetrator. A person confesses to the offense, and all of this has to do with three or more victims pres uh, present their evidence against the same perpetrator. And uh, this was actually, it, it's also known as the uh, sur uh, Survivor's Bill of Rights. And um, it was started, um, it was advocated um, largely because of Evan Rachel Wood, who just really felt like she needed to advocate for this. And um, so if you go to on the Phoenix Act, it's phoenixact.com, um, you can read more about it. But um, I believe it's a really good thing because, um, it, like I said, everybody kind of experiences it. it there's, there's a timeline. There's no, there's no timeline for healing and trauma. And um, the other thing is, is it's also backed by RAIN, which is um, R-A-I-N-N. -N. It's, it's an organization that basically provides, it's a network that provides, um, what am I trying to say, provides um, tools or uh, uh, puts, puts survivors in touch with um, organizations to help with counseling, um, legal issues, um, you know, uh, all those things that are really important, being in touch with other survivors uh, to come together to kind of uh, heal together. And so RAIN is a great, uh, is a, they've been around forever and um, I, they just, they do a lot of good work and they also usually will run the the uh, rape hotlines and uh, stuff like that. And I just, I, I wholeheartedly um, support them. And I just think that um, the Phoenix Act is something interesting to, I think it's changing, it, it's, it's, it's something that's needed, definitely. And it's in, about, um, it's in about a third of the states, they're trying to get it in all 50, but um, it started with California. California was the first one, so. That's my little pitch. But yeah, I I could definitely un under understand how um, adjust adjusting those would would be a good idea because they de they definitely weren't um, the the uh, <laughs> statute of limitations definitely wasn't wasn't cre created with um, any any idea of like what it like how how long it how long it takes to you know to you know be uh survive survive some something like or uh how how long it takes to recover from something something like that well and i'll tell you what's interesting is 75 percent of abused people who are murdered are killed after they leave their partners which is astonishing to me um and i believe that it's something like it's in here the the exact numbers are in here my screen's all going crazy doing what it's supposed to anyway that that most people you know like it's something like 80 percent of the people who uh, women who are in women's shelters uh because of domestic violence um are there the women's shelters about 80 percent of them are there because of domestic violence 
That doesn't surprise me. Which is, you know, and 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 think of it this way: the the uh, rates of murder, domestic violence, sexual assault, um, child abuse, divorce—all of those things have gone up since COVID. And it's just, um, I I think that it's 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 something that's definitely needed um, at this at this point. What I love about the Phoenix Act is they say that this is the big thing. It is not about harsher punishments for the perpetrator. It's about giving the survivors more time to heal. And I think that 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 speaks volumes to me because in the state of Colorado anyway, it is so easy to be labeled a sex offender. for no reason. Um, it could be something simple like you pee in an alley and you get caught. Um, it's just, you know, stuff like that that is just ridiculous. And um, some of it is warranted and some of it is not. And it, But it's so easy to get labeled a sex offender in this, country, in this state. And so um, I'm not sure that harsher punishments are the answer, but definitely focusing on the... Um, the survivors, um, I can get behind that. And I'm sure you'll have- I don't have... disagree. Oh, go ahead. I don't disagree. I mean, like you said, trauma doesn't have a timeline. And I was thinking that when these statutes of limitations, and of course I have no hard evidence even suggest that this is true but this is just merely my read on it is that these were written before anybody or any real research was done on um, how people are affected by abuse and um, everybody of course has their own way of adapting or uh, you know adjusting to it or however whatever way you want to describe it every every way is different so a lot of this was done before you know modern psychology I, I say modern I'll, and I'll just ballpark it within the last 25 years of research mm-hmm. uh, we can go even further or narrow it down if you'd like, but we're dealing with, with things that have been on, you know, as part of law and liability for so long that the perspective of the victim or the survivor or whatever you want to call them, call them, you know, by their names if you'd like, but because everybody has a name with this. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not just some this, this uh, you know, third-person, shadowy group of people. They're probably people we all have known or know in some way, or, you know, these are these are real people. It's not just some thing you, you see on, on TV or you think it, it can't happen to somebody that you know or it can't happen to you. Right. But one in three, one in three women have been victims of at least domestic violence. And I think, I think it's something like one in three have been 
sexually assaulted in some form, which is kind of so scary. To see this happen, mm -hmm. to see this happen, where even even just having having the conversation is big, and then having actual uh, steps taken to make this a reality is even bigger. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't go far enough. Maybe there needs to be. Maybe there should be more as a result of this. But this right here is more than what we've seen before, and that itself in itself is is huge. Mm -hmm. It's a start. I don't. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the end. But it's definitely a start. And um, being a being a being a sociology major. Um, one thing that um, I can say, I can attest to with PTSD, 10, 10 12 years ago, they would have never diagnosed uh, incest survivors or rape survivors, and they are survivors, they're not victims. I hate that term. Um, they would have never diagnosed them as, PT, as having PTSD. Um, that is, that's fairly a new, I would say probably 15, 15 years, maybe 20, where they started realizing that there's a pattern because there's a commonality between survivors. Um, they've all survived and they can come together. If their circumstances, their stories are different, their outcome is always the same. And um, I'm all for support groups. I'm all for that. I, I had a support group for a while and it wasn't working for me because the uh, focus was uh, family. It was basically incest. And um, that wasn't something that was affecting me. Uh, so, but you know, there are groups out there. If you're having, you know, if you're struggling, um, you can always email me, you can email us and I'll, I'll respond. Um, I want, I want, if you feel like you don't have a voice, I want to be an instrument to give you a voice. And so please, please reach out to us. Um, uh, definitely. And I, you know, it's hard with the, I have male co-host, but, uh, as somebody who's been there, done that, um, I know that I wouldn't have never made it through if I hadn't had a good support system. So, and it feels like when you're in the middle of it, it feels like you are so alone and it's, and no one understands and no one can, no one can pull you out of this pit of despair and desperation. And it's just not true. They're, they're, you're not alone. And, um, reach out to me. I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you my story and, uh, I'll listen to yours. So. You quiet. <laughs> well, there's really not anything Ryan or I can say. I don't want to speak for you, Ryan, but I feel like the the proper thing to do is to um, let what you said speak for itself, and we, of course. Well, don't, support and, that. and you know don't get me wrong because men are victims too oh yeah um for sure and i'll tell you the biggest i'll tell you the biggest group of people who are really struggling with um high rates of 
sexual assault and murder are trans men and women. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal right now. And um, that's something that uh, my heart goes out to that. I know I know I have several trans trans friends um, that, you know, that's a real fear. That's a real um, that's a real that's a real challenge that you have to look out for. And I just my heart really goes out to that group of people because it's a demographic that um, we don't even fully understand it yet. And uh, so it, it, just having a voice, I think it's really important. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do with my life was be a victim advocate. Um, evidently that wasn't in my cards because that's not the path I'm walking. Um, but yet I am in my own way. And uh, I, I'm getting ready to write a book about some of my experiences. And I know PTSD is going to hit me like a ton of bricks, but I'm prepared for it, and I have the resources to get through that. But it's not going to be, it's not going to be a happy-go-lucky book either. But I'm hoping that um, by sharing my story, that it'll help somebody reach out to some for how how to say that. What I went through, I hope that will help somebody else heal because that makes it worth everything I've been through. If I can help one person and not struggle. I can't think 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 of a more noble cause. <laughs> Absolutely. And as as much as it as it's been as we've said about using your voice and sharing your story as has been the, the uh, predominant theme of the evening. Uh, something else is there's also a responsibility on the part of the people who are hearing the words to uh, to uh, be available. It's one thing to say, I'm here to listen, but actually be present, show up. If someone is trying to really reach out to you, don't make it just lip service. Don't make it superficial. Be there. Show up. Because you never know who it is. Mm -hmm. It could be a total stranger. It could be your closest friend. It could be a family member. Show up. Be present. And not just for somebody who's uh, had trauma, but just be that during COVID, I just think that that's, you know, a lot of people are just struggling to reach out. And um, I have, I had a friend call me right before we did, we, we started and said, Hey, I'm, I'm really struggling. And I said, okay, when I'm done with the podcast, I'll be over and, um, Basically, you can cry on my shoulder, and um, I'll listen. So you just never know. And if somebody is reaching out to you, please respond to that and be sensitive to it. Because it could be you. And you could literally save somebody's life. You don't know.
we all need somebody to lean on, I think, is, as it has been said. <laughs> yes, yes. We can't say any more because then we'd have to, you know, be responsible for royalties. <laughs> uh, yeah that's it yeah I, I was tempted i was tempted but no <laughs> no <laughs> i i th- i think that that's uh that's a good good spot to to end it on so there we go okay <laughs> so we do uh we do think we do thank you for watching or listening and we do appreciate any feedback. Uh, please comment using the channels found on hovpodcast.net. You can uh, also check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube, all lowercase. And if you want to stay up to date, uh, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. All right, let's see what we got. Um, uh, words wash each other out. That's not my weather. Rise like the phoenix. I'll just ballpark it.